Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. time we were talking about ethics yes and we were um hinting at different ways in which this ethic discussion could go when it comes about when, when we talk about what's right and wrong what's good and bad right yeah and uh i ended on a note kind of tongue-in-cheek by saying that ethics has a lot to do with the will exactly and today then we're going to talk about free will right yeah. and what is it how it works, is there such thing? Sounds good. So why don't, should we start with what, so what, how can we define this? Yeah, what does it even mean? Exactly, how can we define this uh, in terms that are philosophical but at the same time understandable, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because we can go all technical, uh, but at the same time we need to understand each other, we need to understand what we're talking about, right? Yeah, I think maybe something I always say like in class, because <clears throat> students will get confused. I'll say what free will is not. Because sometimes free will gets confused with political freedom. Sure. And I'll say, you know, do you think you have free will? And they'll be like, well, I live in a free country. And I'm like, no, 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 that's, not, that's like a different thing. Um, so whatever free will is, it is not at least uh, primarily a political thing. I think when we talk about free will, we, we're talking about choice. Definitely. Right? And whether or not alternatives exist with regard to the future and your choices. Agreed. And there's also the other confusion that is there, which is the absence of this thing, mm -hmm. of this thing that we call free will, becomes in the minds of people in general this thing that we can call faith. Uh, like that there's already a script, right? Right, right. There's a script and therefore you cannot deviate from that script in mm -hmm. the absence of free will. And that's also incorrect because the opposite of free will doesn't mean that there is a script, but rather the fact that whatever path you're in, right, there is no alternative. Yeah, I mean, determination, whatever that means, is not the same thing as pre-determination, right? Exactly, exactly. It doesn't mean that, again, there's a book with whatever you're going to do forever. No, it's it's different. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you say, but we're just saying what free will is not. Yes. Now, what is it? What does it mean? What would you say? So, let's see. If, if you were to ask me, what is free will? I'd say, okay, so free will is that thing if it exists, which allows you to choose one thing rather than another thing or set of things. So if free will exists, the future is not written yet. Hmm. Things that happened could have happened otherwise. They didn't need to happen the way they did. They just happened to happen like that because of how the choice is unfolded. Yes, I would add that, so free will is, if we have 
this thing that's called free will, right? If human beings have that, doesn't matter what choice they have made in, they have made in the past, there's still a way for them to make a different choice. Meaning yes. that one choice is not, well, it's not even a choice at that point, right? One action doesn't consequentially come from another action. There's no necess- there's not necessity from one action to the other. Mm-hmm. We can always deviate to a certain point. Yeah. Well, instead, if you, if human beings don't have free will, right, then there is some sort of causation, right? It's like it, one action causes the other and causes the other. So basically, what I'm going to do in the next fifty years will be whatever cause of whatever happened when I was born, so to speak, in a loose sense, mm-hmm. right? There's this chain that can, couldn't go otherwise. Um, I don't know if this explains exactly what it is, but... So I think we're getting there. We're doing pretty good. I, I think we still have, we still feel the need to contrast, so to speak, Yeah. what, what the absence of that will look like. I think another uh, positive thing we could say uh, is that if there's free will, it means you are the master of your own destiny. Yes. Right? Would you agree? Yes, yes. Um, with limitations, with I With limitations, say. right? Not like, you know, if I have no arms, I can't be like, I want arms, right? But I mean, within the givens of your environment, you are able to choose, at least to some extent, what will happen in the future. You're not a slave to the natural processes that are unfolding. Mm. Yes, uh, I mean I agree, but at the same time, it that depends how how big these limitations of your environment True. are, right? True. Because we're saying if I have no arms, I cannot wish, and I cannot make my arms grow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or to make an example, I always make no matter how hard I will to have wings, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we see this limitation, which is a material limitation for us, right? Now the issue here is. Um, are this the just the most evident limitations that we have? Are there other limitations that we don't see, and therefore we have less free will than we think, hmm. if any, or is it, or is it just that's the extent of the limitations that we have? In other words, are there certain things that we cannot do just because we're not built that way, but mm-hmm. everything else we can, or are we limited much more than what we think? It's a good question, and a, another way of framing the question is in terms of causality. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like here's a thing that has happened or that exists. It's like why does that thing exist? Right. Mm-hmm. Why did it happen? Was it caused by some kind of uh, quote unquote external source or was it caused by me? And exactly. so questions pertaining to free will are super, super linked to questions concerning the self, right? Which without getting too much into that, but I think that helps frame the issue. Absolutely. Uh, because again, and I think that that's when where the confusion sometimes the people people make the jump right because it's it's about identity some somewhat it's about what you do mm-hmm. it puts you on the forefront of your actions right right, right. idea of free will then it becomes like the political thing then it becomes them if I have free will it means that I can decide to do whatever I want and I'm not gonna go to jail <laughs> right right but I think that we're thinking more and we're talking more about the how can we call it the the limitation of our materiality, let's call it this mm. way. Um, because I think that the biggest the biggest issue here is with free will is the at least apparent contradiction that there might be between 
what we normally think. I'm assuming that if you ask 90% of the people that 90% of the people that have not thought about this much or that live their life, they go about without asking the silly philosophical questions. He's like, hey, do you think you make your own choices mm -hmm. in in the sense that, you know, that your action is not necessarily caused directly from the action that you had before, that you're here because you decided to or was just, uh, you know, an accident, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. You went in that path and now that's it. If you ask them, 90% of people will tell you, well, <clears throat> you know what? Yes, I make my own destiny, right? And yet, though, if we look at the, the dominant paradigm that we have, if we look at the way we think about the world in general, which is from the scientific perspective, mm. if you look at sciences, sciences will tell you that everything is deterministic. That's that a very good point. There is no free will at all. And we are split in these things when we say everything in the universe follow this law except for me right right which it always baffles me and i'm like okay so are we special and maybe we are special maybe that's the thing that makes us special it could right? be the fact that we had this free will but we need evidence for that we do and and also i, I think what you're pointing to is this idea that a lot of people walk around believing contradictory things absolutely which may or may not mean that they don't actually believe anything, right? It's like mm -hmm. if you believe A and not A, you probably don't believe either, right? So it's like, oh, I am I am a proponent of science and the scientific paradigm, but I have me, and this me is kind of non-material and escapes the scientific exactly. uh, worldview. And it's like, uh, you're going to have to figure out a way to reconcile those. Not that it's impossible, but it's not obvious in any given way. And I say that, you know, the easy way to reconcile this is either diminish, take the science off the pedestal, so mm -hmm. to speak, and say, hey, you know what? We still haven't figured this out well because I feel, and you can, I think that it's legitimate to say, I feel like I make my own decisions here. And you're telling me something that goes completely against what it seems obvious to me. And it happens. Mm -hmm. Sciences are sometimes counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. This is a possibility. But at least you need to ask yourself is maybe there's a need for a limitation for um, for this principle that we have put forward before. Or maybe on the other side, you, get, you have to accept the fact that, you know what? The scientific paradigm that we live into today is the right one. Therefore, I'm not responsible for anything. Mm -hmm. Therefore, there's no such thing as free will again. I mean, because I think the dominant view mm -hmm. is, in, an, in a non-scientific setting, is, well, yeah, there's at least some kind of free will, right? Because everyone uses the word I, yes. and when people use the word I, they're not intending to signify merely a, an impersonal collection of atoms. That, no, absolutely you know, not, right? So maybe an interesting conversation to have would be to ask why it is that people typically believe that they have free will. Definitely. I think it does start with feeling, which you've kind of appealed to. What do you think about that? Um, I, I guess, yes, in a way, because you, you have the sens literally the sensation of making some specific decision that leads you 
to other staff. And, and again, we have, and again, in the contradictory world where we live, we have built entire um, apparatuses, we can call them, based on the idea that we have free will. That's true. And you're responsible for the things that you do. Like the justice system. Exactly. Yeah. The entire justice system is based on that idea, on the idea that I do what I do, and I have to pay the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. School works that way. You put in the work, you get an A. You don't, right, right. you fail. And, you know, if you do the work and you do well in school, then you're going to get a good job. And this whole thing seems to be your responsibility. Mm-hmm. If you're being responsible... If you've been responsible, then you're going to get rewarded, right? If you are irresponsible, then again, you're going to get punished. And this whole thing doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. unless you have free will. Right. So, so I don't know if you want to call them the systems, but the structures that exist that you internalize since childhood certainly seem to imply that there is such a thing as free will. So the answer could be as simple as, well, that's what I was taught. Yeah, and, right? I, and I wonder if we can think about uh, of a, a thought experiment when there is an entire society where people are taught that there's no such thing as free will and that whatever you do doesn't mm. matter because you're not responsible. There's no punishment, no reward, and mm-hmm. everything is considered to be... Uh, you're just a product of whatever the first... Or like, what would that world look like? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think some people would say that would be a really scary world, and then other people would say it wouldn't be that bad. Because, so for example, you could be someone who doesn't believe in free will and therefore doesn't believe in any kind of moral responsibility as it's related to free will, but still believe that there needs to be deterrence for crime. Like, we still need to isolate the murderer from society, uh, but not because we're blaming him and he's Mm -hmm. responsible, but more so just to protect people, I guess, right? Uh, Sure. Um, It wouldn't be a just system. Right, yes. It would not be just, but it would be functional, right? Mm. And uh, the more I think about this, I'm also thinking, but you know what? In reality, there is a world that works that way. Mm. We're ju- we are just not part of it, at least we claim, or at least not completely. Nature is dead, right? Animals, the way they interact with each other, they don't seem to have any free will, quote-unquote. That's an interesting topic, right? It's like, much like with consciousness, mm-hmm. uh, do we say that, no animals, including humans, have free will. Or do we say no lower animals have free will, but humans do? Or do we say it's a kind of scale where animals get more and more will to the extent that they are quote-unquote intelligent or conscious? And But I think we're both inclined to say mm, it doesn't seem like the thing we're calling the will in animals. No, I don't think because, again, if we believe like most people believe that animals live in the moment, right? That they're like just plugged in, right? So to speak, there's no responsibility to be thought of. They just, they're I not. I would agree. There is no pre-thought, so to speak. It's not that I'm thinking that I'm going to do this. Therefore, because it seems like the will requires a metacognition, yes. which we know animals don't have, uh, extended memory, and like the ability to uh, consider future 
points in time, and animals really can't do this. No, and if exactly. they could, it's to an extremely small extent. And I wonder at this point if, at the end of the day, this thing that we call free will isn't connected to time specifically, right? Mm. The concept of time, which animals don't have. Because it is, at the end of the day, if we think about it, it's this whole thing. When we talk about free will, we're making a judgment, let's call it, about our past mm. and what's going to come after, right? Yeah. Without this timeline, there is no, there cannot be free will. That's absolutely true. Yeah. There cannot be even determinism, though. There cannot be the opposite of free will either. Yeah, right. No, the whole conversation the seems whole thing to doesn't presuppose time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If there is no time, there is no action that came before that made the action that came after, so mm-hmm. to speak, possible, right? There is no, there's, there's no direct consequence. There is nothing. Time needs to be there. Because without time, there can be no causality. Exactly. And then at that point, the problem becomes, is time a universal that doesn't <laughs> exist in itself, right? Or right. is it something that has to do only with humans? Yeah. Which I'm inclined to think so. Yeah. Um, but that's for another conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm saying is that if we truly believe that, if we are serious about that idea, then by definition, the only realm in which we can have the conversation about free will is human affairs and nothing else. That makes sense. Everything else is, there is no, it doesn't make any sense to talk about the free will of the plant or the free will of the planet or the free will of the dog. Right, because there's no time of the planet, right? Exactly. Or plan, a time of the plant in itself, perhaps. Exactly. And if that is true, though, there are, the consequences are not small, I believe. Hmm. First of all, it carves out already everything but human beings. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes like, why are we different? What's the fact that we had this concept of time, right? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, like, what is this thing that we call time? Is it just a matter of, do we kind of invented the concept? I don't know if that's the case. Is that a, a particular way of, is, should we go can't wait, right? Is this yeah, like right, that's exactly what I was thinking. Is, is this just what makes us us? Sort it's of just like a... Um, Our mode of... It's a mode of consciousness, right? Exactly. Or a necessary structure or something. Exactly. Um, and if that's the case, can we say that free will exists and how, that this whole conversation exists, so to speak, can, can does it make any sense? Mm. And on what level? Right, right. right. Is this just uh, okay, an interspecies conversation that we <laughs> should have with each other? I don't know how else to say. Uh, but it is it is interesting, I believe, the connection between time and free will. And I was saying there are also consequences that are specific to, and I'm going to use the word I used before, the way we feel about stuff, especially in this specific moment in history, right? There's this idea. It's not really specific. It's been going on forever. But I think that there is a resurgence of that right now. Um this idea that we tend to personify and gives and give uh, almost the power of choice to things like Mother Nature, right? Absolutely. We anthropomorphize everything. Exactly. And with that comes the fact that it happens. So I, I remember uh, last semester, I think, in one of my classes, there was the student that was saying that, you know, wars, and it's not an original idea by any means, wars are the way in which motherhood gets rid of excess human beings, Right. Like it's a conscious process. It's or a con- yeah, yeah, because you know we're too many, so we need to kill each other. So that's it. So we can we can and you know same things with illnesses and natural disasters. These mm-hmm. are not accidents, but rather are it's mother nature 
that's doing this on purpose because we bother her. So that's funny because not only, so to take that position, you have to not only ascribe free will to Mother Nature, but you have to remove it then from humans, right? Because it's Mother Nature driving things. Yes, yes. So that's that's doubly interesting. Exactly. And, uh, and I actually pointed it out about war. And of course, when pushed, the student was like, okay, let's forget about war, but natural disasters, right? Mm. Um, which again, still interesting. And the other thing is, I would have, I'm more familiar with the idea that God is the one mm. that makes these decisions, right? And God is the one that gets, so the free will is a gift from God for humans, but at mm -hmm. the same time, all the other decisions he makes. Yeah, th th this comes up all the time. It's like there's this ostensible, or I don't know if it's ostensible, but there's some kind of apparent yeah. contradiction, yes. right, in... Uh, I think Christianity is Christianity, the one. Yes. but let's say like maybe Abrahamic religions in yeah. general, right, this idea that God is at once omniscient, but a bestower of free will. Yes. It's like, well, if you have free will, this means that God doesn't know the future, but if God doesn't know the future, he's not omniscient, right? Once again, we can we can go with Augustine argument here, right? That involves still time. That's true. Interestingly enough, right? Because there's this idea that, well, that promise is all because God sees everything at the same time. It's not the idea. He doesn't have precognition of stuff. You just have cognition of stuff. Mm. Everything is happening at the same time for him all hmm. the time. So you're doing it and he knows it, but it's like in that moment. That's just, so interesting. Just the way I, I know that you are right now, you know, talking into the microphone. I know it, but not because I knew you were going to do it, but because I know it because I see it now. Mm. And the entire world, the entire history of the world is at the same time. Uh, at least this is the way I okay. understand it. So even bringing up the quote-unquote contradiction is to diminish God because we're like anthropomorphizing the way we experience exactly. that. Okay, okay. Exactly. So think of somebody that can perceive everything everywhere. Right. All the time. It's just a totally different game. Exactly. Huh. But it's funny that, again, fruit will and time again are intertwined. It is. And I feel like uh, students have attempted to reconcile the contradiction in another way. I get some papers like this. They'll say... So what God gives us is free will where, like, he knows the set of actions we might take, but not the exact one that we take, right? Yeah, which is also interesting. Uh, and uh, but the funny thing is that that student didn't go the God route, but went into nature route. Nature route, yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, which maybe it's another name for it. In, in I don't know. but right. right. It, it, it's interesting that, but again, because we're going that direction, because I think there's a resurgence of this idea that um, nature has its own will, it's important to say, oh, wait a minute, if we take this seriously, there are consequences there. Again, if free will comes only with time, then mm -hmm. either we decide that time is a factor of the <clears throat> universe and not a human factor, but then we have to change our way we see many things. This is a big deal. Or it's impossible, right? Or it's impossible, right? And I think ultimately, so it's like there are these ways in which we typically experience things, and then that's why we set up the structures like these, and then the structures reciprocally affected subsequent generations, and we've internalized them so much so that we anthropomorphize things. And this all just comes back to, and I keep thinking of our previous conversation um, 
about appearance and reality, right? Mm-hmm. It appears as though we have free will. Maybe that appearance is the reality. Maybe it's not. But we certainly believe that we do. We certainly approach the world as if we do. We treat others as if they're responsible. We treat ourselves as if we're responsible. And it's very hard for a lot of people, maybe us included, um, to grapple with the possibility that there is no such thing as free will. Absolutely. It's very hard. Right. I, I, I don't know if... I don't know how you can take it completely seriously, that idea, <laughs> so to speak, right? Yeah, it's asking a lot. It's really hard. But once again, though, I think that... So, if we can agree on the fact that this thing is purely human, right? Mm-hmm. If we can cut out everything that's not human beings, then we're left with a couple of questions. So. First of all, we have diminished the scope of things that have free will, and we just render just the human beings. Mm-hmm. We still have a couple of issues, though, right? Issue number one is the which is the thing that you're talking about. Is there just we just have the appearance of free will, or is it something that really has to do with our mode of existence, so to speak? Right? Human beings are made this way, and the way they're made makes them free, right? so to speak, mm-hmm. because of, I don't know, our biological structure or whatever it is, mm-hmm. the way our head works. I don't know. Um, the other thing is, does that mean that we are essentially different from everything else? Mm, that's good, yeah. And therefore, we don't follow the same materialistic laws that everything else follows. Or we introduce something non-material into the mix, right? And exactly. Therefore, some other set of laws. And which we haven't explored, and as we have said before. Right, right. And then there are a lot of subsets of those questions. Uh, first one could be like, okay, is it possible that this free will is a concept that we have literally invented, so to speak, mm. to justify, to put order in the universe, right? But there's no such thing. Like, man- right, right. in nature, this thing doesn't exist. It is just our way of making sense of the universe, which doesn't make it less real. It's just made of a different substance, we can say. It's not in nature. It's like, uh, I don't know, laws are not in nature, right? But they're not, they exist. They're real. There's a reality from it. We have invented them. Nobody can, I don't think there's anybody that can claim differently. Right, right. We write laws. Now, claiming that those laws are natural, well, we know somebody that could claim that, but, (laughs) hi, Rafael, Uh, but at the same time, most of the laws, we will agree, they're just human laws. We have made them. Mm -hmm. Could this free will be something like that? It could could be, And, and I'm wondering, like, there are a lot of arguments against free will, and we could explore that, I'm, I'm thinking, maybe in the next episode. Yeah. But I'm wondering if there's anything else we can add on to the arguments for free will. Because mm. if I'm being honest, this is one of those things where... The more we talk about it. <laughs> it, could, it could be, yeah. I don't know. It's like one of those things where even if you want to believe it, it's like, yeah. all right, point to a very sound, logical argument with 
you know, actually true premises that prove free will exists. And you're like, mm, can't Good luck do with that. that. Can't do that. I just kind of believe in it, right? It's really weird. But can you do that with the opposite? Well, <laughs> uh, proponents of the other side, which we'll get into uh -huh. uh, next time, would say yes. Yes. And if you're asking me my perspective, what I, what I tell students is, even if we fall down on the side of free will, it certainly appears like the determinists have better arguments. Definitely. And this is why it's very challenging. But it's also easier to make that argument because of the paradigm where we live. Mm, okay. Maybe we save this. That's <laughs> sure. good. It's, I, we'll, we'll talk about it later, I guess. And one other subset of this question, just to finish the, the thing I was saying before, is even among human beings, do we all have free will? Ooh, okay. Do babies have free will? Right, right. Do severely impair people have free will? Using drugs or being drunk, do these people have free will in that moment when they're right, intoxicated? These are all good questions, right? That's, uh, because then again, again, we close it to human beings and then this free will seems to be coming and going. And yeah, because we certainly have parameters. Yeah. Right, and if the parameter is attached to self, and self is attached to some kind of internal representation, we would say, no, no, babies don't have free will. But it's like once you get this this thing, right, this this inner movie, as Chalmers would call it, right, to kind of combine him and, and Piaget, then maybe you have will. But this doesn't solve those issues of uh, diseases or other disabilities or, or drugs and alcohol, right? Right. Yeah, and I wonder how that works because, again, it's this thing that comes, comes and goes. Yeah. It's intermittent at that point, and that makes it even more interesting. As for, uh, so you were asking before, as argument for free will, and I think that the only thing that you can do is appeal to feelings and sensations. Right. I don't think there is anything more than that. It feels like I do. Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating, especially if you're someone who doesn't like to appeal to feelings on any other issue. Exactly. In this case, you're like, you know. But it's, I mean, so I have an issue with that because don't we always do that? Mm. We just dress our appeal to sensations and feelings with other reasonings, but this is the, where we start. We yeah. start the sensation. And they That's were like, true. And they were like, okay, let me justify this because he feels this way, so I need to find a good reason for it. That's true because, like, you know, there's the, the narrow understanding of feelings, but if you interpret all of reality, mm -hmm. right, which is certainly a possibility, as just kind of um, experienced... Uh, phenomenal reaction, then, yeah, everything's appealing to And we have talked about, about this before, right? This idea yeah. that my sensations, what I feel, is never false. Right, it's just it's just there. It's actual. It's just there. You, you cannot feel wrongly. Yeah, I think, okay, so maybe we can make this a little narrower in scope by saying, so we're not questioning the feeling of free will and whether the feeling is a reality. Because even someone like Skinner uh, mm -hmm. or someone contemporary like uh, Sam Harris would say that. But whether or not that feeling corresponds to quote-unquote nature as defined by science or something like that. But that's different already, right? It is right? different. It is. You're right. But then you're, you're not even asking me if this thing corresponds because you can't. I understand what you say, nature as defined by science. Mm -hmm. 
because you're not even asking me if this corresponds to reality, reality, right? You're just right. telling me if this corresponds to the description of reality that we have. Right. And at the point, why should I believe the description of reality over the what I feel and the way I describe it? Right. So there's an issue of like value and justification. And again, you know, I used this word before. It's there's a dictatorship. There's an epistemological <laughs> dictatorship there that we think we have to bow to because it's the scientific community, right? That's true. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to sound like somebody who doesn't like science or uh, anti-science. No, this only happens in like philosophical conversations exactly. where we become uh, critics of, of theory of science because in an everyday situation, of course, like, and, and I like it. Yeah. And if you ask me, like, hey, uh, do, do you go to a doctor if you feel? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Uh, I better. Um, but it doesn't mean that uh, uh, there's a certain quota of right. uh, of skepticism, of right. healthy skepticism that should be there. And again, if we're talking about this kind of stuff, why should I believe the description of reality, which by definition is not reality, right? And also a limited description, too. Exactly. Yeah. Limited in history that we know has been wrong before mm-hmm. multiple times. Actually, it's always been wrong except for this last instance. <laughs> Right? Utilizing a method that is constantly changing. Exactly. Yeah. Why should I use this method that's always changing that keeps on telling me, that, well, wait, what well, we were believing 20 years ago, not true. And then <laughs> in 20 years, it will tell me that this is not true either. Why should I believe that yeah. over the, the steady feeling that I have? So th- this will be good, I'm thinking, if and when we do a philosophy of science episode. <laughs> Um, but in terms of... But we need a scientist here. We do, we need, uh, right? Because I, otherwise I, I think we're going to go... I know. We're, we're going to look like the we're anti-science. <laughs> I know, I know. So maybe uh, we got into free will and some of the arguments for, and maybe in the next episode we'll look at some of the arguments against. against which we can find probably plenty of it. Yeah, all right. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good.